magnify his name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, let's lift up his name. 
as we go into a new month, August, new beginnings, we finished up a great series dealing with faith and the elements of faith. And we talked about its elements of prayer and righteousness and faith itself as well as prayer and the name of Jesus and his name and the word of God. These are the Holy Spirit. These are the elements that connect us. So as we begin to pray and begin to call out unto the Father, things have to happen because we are kingdom people. And I come to you on this morning talking kingdom to you. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of light. The kingdom of glory. Amen. So we need to know who we are in authority and power that has been invested to us. So when we begin to pray and begin to call things as though they're not as though they were, they begin to manifest. The manifestation begins to come before us. So we're talking still about prayer and declarations, which is still another element of faith. And, you know, prayer is good, but faith is dead without words. And you need to know how to pray. And you need to know what name to call on when you're praying and what name you're standing on when you're praying. And that is the name of Jesus. Nobody can really teach you how to pray. But if I can give you a word of wisdom, go through life itself. That will teach you how to pray. Nobody won't have to force you to pray. Nobody won't have to ask you to pray. Nobody won't have to make you pray. All you're going to know is just to pray. And to stand. And to wait on the Lord. So that he can renew your strength. He can bring change. And the power that's invested in you can arise. So that you would be able to mount up your wings as eagle. You will begin to run. You will begin, come on now, to walk. Not being weary. Not being afraid. But being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And being able to stand against what God is calling you to do. Because again, everything is not the devil. Maybe God is trying to get us somewhere because he is the rock. Hallelujah. When you understand him being your rock, then you will be able to stand on a sound, solid foundation of who he is. Amen. Because there is a rock, our bread, which is our heavenly bread, our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm in between here. So as I begin to talk, just bear with me because I know I'm laying the foundation of on our next series of what we're studying in this next couple weeks, if the Lord is willing. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, decrease me that you may increase. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word of wisdom. We thank you for your word of understanding. Open up your people's ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us on this morning. Illuminate our minds so that we can receive the word, your revelation 
the mysteries of the word of God as they're being released through the Holy Spirit. Oh God, open up our eyes to see the word in another dimension so that Lord God, we will not only be hearers of your word, but we will definitely be doers of your word. Lord God, we thank you in Jesus name. Amen and glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go over to the book of Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. We welcome everybody. SOAR International Outreach Network. I am Lady Apostle Robin. God bless everybody for joining us. We don't take it for granted you joining us. And I know we're a little early. We, we're early church. Hallelujah. When Lord give you direction and say, hey, this is the time. You have to obey the Holy Spirit. So we're here from 8.45 a.m. And now we're in our Sunday logos, which sometimes go over into our morning message, which starts at 9.30, amen, to 10.30, amen. So you're right there, hallelujah. You know, God is God, and he can do things the way he wants. I believe when we move out the way and let God run the program and run the service, things begin to move, hallelujah. Acts chapter 4, amen, verse 12. I'm coming out of the King James Version, then I'll travel over to the Amplified Version. Amen. It says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amplified Version. And there is salvation in through no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, by and in, in which we must be saved. Amen. So we're talking about, hallelujah, the personalities of Jesus himself, the bread of life, the heaven spread. Amen. We know that, first of all, the bread of life is Jesus himself, the heavenly bread is Jesus, amen, which is a person, amen. So it's not a system, it's not a denomination, it's not a religion, not a tradition, but it is God himself, Jesus Christ, amen. And he reminds us that we can never save ourselves. That's what the verse just told us. No man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no religious system, no tradition, no money, power, prestige. Nothing can save us. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ and him alone. So why? Because he has the power to say so. He gave us the power to decree and declare. You know, I told you the power of prayers and declaration is first of all having intimacy with God. Intimacy is a fruit of love in and with God. See, Jesus declares this fruit of love because God is love. Intimacy is truly the evidence of a relationship with God himself because he simply has such a great love towards his son, Jesus Christ, which is his bride, that it automatically comes to us because Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit rests in us. So that means that there is a relationship that has been initiated through and by his love alone. Why? Because he allowed his son 
our Lord Jesus Christ to lay down his life for us. Who laid down their life for somebody that they don't love? No, 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 no. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us to give us life again. Life that is everlasting. Life to the eternal end. Life that will take us to a place of glory. Amen. So we cannot take it for granted. The love that has been given to us. So why do we do Jesus the way we do him? Show up when we want to show up. Do what we want to do. When he gives us simply a command. He says to love. To love. To pray without ceasing. To confess your sins to one another. Do we do these things? He says to be obedient to the things of God. To live with integrity, honesty, character. Do we do these things? When he died for us. He didn't have to die for us. But he did. He is God himself. But he chose to come in the same very arms he created. His mother Mary. And lay in the arms and walk through life to know exactly what humanity meant. So why can we lay down our life for him? When we understand that heaven's bread, which is Jesus, is a person and has power. Yes, he has the power to save. He has the power to secure. And he has the power to satisfy everyone who comes to him by faith. Faith is dead without works. So if you don't come, it's dead. He's not going to force you to come. He's not going to force you to have intimacy with him. It's about building relationship. What is? How do we build relationship? First of all, we build relationship by getting to know someone or something. Once we begin to get to know them, we're, we begin to study them in and out. We begin to learn of them. We begin to receive them. We begin to accept them. We begin to hear them. And then we begin to connect with them. The same intimacy with God. Because it is God Almighty that have given us the ability to create such an intimacy with our Lord Jesus Christ. See, I have to remind you that the word of God will always be embedded in our hearts if we allow it to. You know, you have to allow the word of God to be in your heart like never before. Because when it's embedded in your heart, then it becomes engraved in your heart. And Jesus reminds us that there is no greater love than someone laying down his life for his friend. Like he said, you are my friends if you do what I command you to do. So are you doing what Jesus are commanding you to do? Because if you are doing what Jesus are commanding you to do, he's your friend. But if you're not, he's not. This is word. John 15 and 13. Let's go there. Please. We're in the word. John 15. 
Hallelujah. I'm just speaking what the Lord God is speaking on this morning. Amen. 15 to 13. Amplify. No one who has greater love. No one has given stronger affection. Meaning no one who has given a stronger affection. But Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it says. I commit. It says here. Um, love. Then to lay down his own life for his friend. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I commanded you to do. I like the Amplified Version because it makes it simple. If you keep on doing the things, what are the things that God is telling you to do? God is telling you to be obedient. God is telling you to be on time for Him. God is telling you to serve Him open-heartedly. God is telling you to be a cheerful giver. God is telling you to love your enemies. To love those that spitefully use you and spitefully say things against you and betray you. These are things that God and Jesus Christ is commanding us to do. It's not something that I'm telling you to do. But this is something that Jesus Christ is commanding us to do. He's telling us to turn the other cheek. Now, Apostle, if they strike me, you're telling me to turn my other cheek. Is that easy? No. But the Bible tells us to turn our other cheek. Amen. To obey. To make a sacrifice. To give even out of our own need. Do we do that? You know, when God has blessed us, it's not for us just to go and buy such a beautiful home, which is nothing is wrong with that. But you're supposed to also be a blessing to others. What about those that may be in need of just maybe something to drink or maybe just a nice coat not an old coat why not go out and get them a new coat a new pair of gloves a new hat i mean god will bless you you know when when, when you understand that when when somebody lays their life down for you and call you a friend now you have some constituents and some comrades, as T.D. Jake say. But when you have a confidant, that is someone who will be with you when you're right and tell you when you're wrong. They will stand up for you and they will go to battle for you. But they will keep you accountable and what you do, they won't leave you nor forsake you. But see, I know one friend that will definitely do all those things above. And I'm not, you know, denying that we can't have a confidant. But if you got one, you are a lucky somebody. We got one if we follow his commandments. We got Jesus Christ. He is our confidant. He is our everything. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always be with us. Not to the beginning, but to the very end. The eternal time. The end of time. The end of all these things that will pass away. He will be with us to the end. Why? Because he is our friend. Psalms 63, 1 verse 1311. It says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. David is speaking out of his heart. 
You know, David had a heart after God. He loved God. God loved David. But he wrote unto the Lord. He said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faint for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory. Let's start right there. He says, oh God, you are my God. Meaning that there is no God before him. There is no God after him. And there is no God to come before him. Now, come on now. That right there is truly something we can take to the bank and make a withdrawal. Because David is explaining his love for his God. Not a God of this earth, but of God of heaven. Bread of life. He thirsts for him, meaning that he, he desire him day and night. His thirst is not a Coca-Cola. His thirst is not a 7-Up. His thirst is not. Uh, um, come on now, it's not some other drink. His thirst is not vodka or cavazier. I'm just saying, or, or a malt liquor. His thirst is running after Jesus. His thirst is seeking the word of God. His thirst is having an intimacy with God. His thirst for his soul is filling himself up with the bread of life. Amen. As he continued to look upon him in the sanctuary, meaning that he don't have to run to a building. But his sanctuary is wherever he is. His sanctuary is in his secret place. His sanctuary is in the place where he called on to his God. He, where he behold and know that the power and the glory is there when he get there. Because he said, your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. Meaning that this thing called life, a leap in faith experience, can cause heartache, can cause pain, can cause frustration, can cause disappointment, can cause discouragement. But your steadfast love is better than that. Meaning that your love is everlasting. Your love is something that will be with me to eternity. So he said, so I will bless you as long as I live, meaning that I will live a praise unto you. Even when nobody ain't praising you, I'm going to praise you. Even when nobody is singing a song unto you, I'm singing unto you. Even when nobody is standing up, lifting up their hands, calling on your name, I'm calling your name, lifting my hands, and standing up to you. Even if nobody ain't dancing unto you, I'm going to dance unto you, God, because you have been so good to me. Because it's in your name that I lift up my hands. Not in my money. Not in my own power. Not in my education. Not in my wisdom. Not in who I know. But in the name of Jesus. Because I know when I called on your name in a time of my need. When I called on your name in my sickness. When I called on your name in my lack. When I called on your name in my disappointment and my frustration and all that I went through. It was in the name of Jesus that allowed me to arise. It was in the name of Jesus that gave me hope to tell me I can make 
make it, I can keep on running and keep on ticking and keeping the licking and knowing that even when I get to my destination, that it will be something that will be good, something that will already have been signed, sealed, and delivered by you. Even in the midst of my trouble, when the waters have almost overtook me, you reached down and you pulled me up so that I would not be overtaken by the flood that tried to flood me in marriage, in my finances, in my life, in my health, in ministry, wherever wherever you find yourself. But it was in the name of Jesus when I called on your name, the name that's above all names, the name that every tongue has to confess and every knee has to bow because you are my Lord, you are my Savior, you are the kings of kings, you are the lords of lords, you are the Alpha and Omega, you are the beginning and the end, you are my sanctifier, you are my brosakaya, you are, you are, you are in the name of Jesus. When I lift my hands to you, all I can think about is the goodness of Jesus. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. I don't care about banku. I don't care about fried chicken. I don't care about fufu. I'm just telling you. When I lift my hands unto you. My soul is already satisfied. I know I'm going to get some fufu. I know I'm going to get some fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. But at the end of the day, even if I don't get that food, I got you. You are the bread of life. Because you are a person to me. You have power. You saved me. You secured me. You satisfied me. Amen. You separated me from every religious and every traditional system. Amen. You gave me great promises. Great promises that I'm able to know that through your security and satisfaction that I'm absolutely safe. Amen. That you have delivered me every time. I don't know no other one but you. You are my savior. So I'm going to give my heart unto you. I'm going to make a joyful noise unto you. I'm going to praise you in the midnight hour. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate you on watches of the night. When I lay down before I even close my eyes, I think how you made my day. When I woke up in frustration, when I woke up in disencouragement, when I woke up and pain. By the end of the day, before I lay down in my bed, you you gave me good health. You gave me a right mind. You brought joy. You brought comfort. You brought laughter. Come on now. I gotta meditate on you. Even when I lay down, I gotta give you glory. I gotta give you praise. I gotta thank you because if it was not for you being my friend, if it was not for you, how can I laugh again? How can I even lift my hands again? How can I go forward again? How can my faith arise again? It's only because of you. So I must meditate on you day and night. I must have a joyful noise in my heart, on my lips. It's only because of you. I can sit on my bed in the waking up and my laying down and giving you the praise and giving you the glory. And sometimes I can't close my eyes because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that you done for me, my soul, I say my soul, I say my soul cry out. Hallelujah. For you have been my help. And in the shout of your wings, I was singing for joy. When everybody said no, you said yes. When everybody left, you were still there. When everybody said that they would show up and come back, 
They never did, but you came back. Even in the midst of my trouble, even in the midst, sometimes when I didn't even do what you told me to do, you still showed up. You gave me a second chance. You gave me another wind. It was only you, Lord. You showed up. You showed up in the midst of everything. So how can I forget my God? You showed up when I left myself. When I discouraged myself, when I put down myself, it was you that showed up for me to know myself, to love myself, and to lift up myself. It was you that showed up when the doctor said there's nothing else they can do. It was you that showed up when the money ran out and the bills were still due. It was your help. You know, when you go over to the book of Psalms, come on now. I love Psalms 20. Anytime you just feel like it's left and you don't know where your help coming from, it says, may the Lord answer you in a day of trouble. May the name of God, come on now, may the name of God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you. Send you help from the sanctuary and support. Come on, refresh. Ah, I like it. I like this. Come on, y'all. Let me let me re- refresh this. This is the help I'm talking about. The help that comes straight from the sanctuary, from Jesus. I told you, your sanctuary, yes, we come to the church, the building, to fellowship with one another. But you have to have your sanctuary wherever you are. That's that secret place, that place of glory, that place of peace, that place where you can go when no one, hallelujah, is there. Come on, you got to have your own sanctuary, your own, come on, you got to have your own secret place. Hallelujah. You got to, you got to, you got to have your own secret place, your place where you can commune with God. The place where it's only you and God. See, your Lord is there in the day of trouble. Everybody may have left you. Maybe nobody knows what you're going on. But God knows what you're going through. He says, the Lord will answer you. You don't, you look, you don't have to worry about anything. All you got to do is call on to the Lord. It says, may the Lord God answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of Jacob set upon you on high. Meaning, may he defend you. You don't have to go out and defend yourself. See, people going to always try to assassinate your name. They're going to always try to bring down your character and try to come against your integrity. But when you continue to walk in truth and walk in integrity and allow your character to speak for you, God will defend you. Come on. God will fight for you. God will bring coals down on their head, God forbid. But I'm just saying, you don't have to fight. God will fight for you. Amen. He will send you help from the sanctuary. Amen. And support you and refresh you and strengthen you from Zion. Meaning that your help will come. Hallelujah. Your help will come. It will come. So where's your sanctuary? You got to have that intimate place with God. How could you ask for something without having a place to ask from? 
You need a place of intimacy. You need a place of relationship. You need a place that just like King David, as he prayed, amen, it showed how intimate he was with God through his words and acting upon what he had said through action. King David, he reverenced how important prayer was to him because he began to write the books of Psalms. The Psalms are what I say dangerous prayers. And also they are prayers, hallelujah, that pull things out of heaven and release things into your hand. It was the prayers and the declarations that David made, amen, that moved God. It was the prayers and declarations that David made that made God move on his behalf. Why? Because David made it a priority to wake up in the early morning and before his laying down to meditate on God and his word. He didn't do nothing before and after, but make sure that at the end of the day, he meditated on God's word. He went and he soup with God. He had intimacy with God. He had relationship with God. So it was in his priority to have prayer rather than in the minor hallelujah even though there was enemies after him it was people that were seeking his life he wouldn't just go and try to figure a way how can I defeat my enemies he will go into a place of prayer he will go into a place of declarations he will go into a place and begin to call on the name of Jesus and begin to pray and through his words glory to God it was God that began to defend him amen as he began to cry out and say oh God you are my God earnestly I seek you he didn't just start off by saying God do this God do that no he said oh my God you are my God the living God the true God the God of life the bread of life the king of glory he went to begin to uh, just tell God uh, who he was to him and who and how and what he did for him. Uh, he didn't go in asking for things in the beginning. He just began to just say, oh God, you are my God. Hallelujah. So as he, my soul clings to your right hand, upholds you. Then he said, but those who seek my life to destroy my life shall go down in the depths of the earth. So as he was already saying these good things unto the Lord, he began to tell God, now there are people that's coming after me. But I know because I am yours and you are mine. As I begin to decree and declare your word because I am in you. I soup you in the day and soup you in the night. I'm into you. I meditate on your word. That when I begin to decree and declare your word, it has to move. It has to be activated. So he said here, he says, my soul clings to you, your right hand. Hallelujah. He says, your right hand upholds me. He knows that the right hand of God holds authority. So as he's already making a declaration, as he's coming to ask the Lord to fight on his behalf. He says, but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword, which is the word of God, which is God himself. They shall be apportioned for the jackal, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exalt, for the mouth of liars shall be stopped. So even though you can try to come against my character, you can try to tear down my integrity, but it will not work. Why? Because the Lord God is my God. And because he's my God, he will fight for me earnestly because I seek him earnestly. I meditate on him day and night. He is my sanctuary. I am in his secret place. So David, he understood that the major was priority in prayer. 
He didn't focus on his enemies. He began to speak to God. When he began to speak to God, it was God Almighty that began to what fight for him. See, David understood he had to die to his own will. See, you got to die out to your flesh. It's not your own power, your own words that defeat your enemies. It is only the name of Jesus. It is only God himself that fight for us. So David understood that in order for God to fight for him and to be there on his behalf, first of all, he had to create a sanctuary with God in the midst of it. God being the beginning and the end of it. God being all of it. The secret place. Your secret place, God has to take dominion and have to rule over that secret place. It can't be a secret place that you create. That's like the tower of Babel. When they begin to build a tower to Babel, build that tower of Babel. Hallelujah. Why was it torn, torn down? Because it was not in the will of God. You have to die to your own flesh. You can't win your own battle. When you die to your own will, then God can win your battle. It's easy for God to fight for you. Amen. See, King David understood that he had to what? Humble himself. He had to start the first priority, which was what? First, creating a sanctuary. Creating a secret place. Creating intimacy. See, intimacy is building relationship with God. You got to be in a place where you can call on him and you know he'll be right there to answer you. Yes, we as, as pastors and, 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 and evangelists and, and the fivefold, you know, and then, you know, we praying for you. But you got to have that own, your own secret place that you can go to and pray and call on the name of Jesus and talk with him and have relationship with him and build intimacy with him. Because that's the place where he's going to build you. That's the place where fullness of your crucifixion of yourself is going to begin. See, David, King David, um, couldn't do it himself. He had to be connected to a most to the Most High God, to a more divine source, to the bread of life, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God by the Spirit. That gave him life and life more abundantly. See, God's first priority in us is to divinely connect us to him. So that we can deny our own will, our own way, our own personality. Because remember, the personality of the heaven's bread. The personality of God himself. Our personality must align up with God. He says that we lie in his image. And because we lie in his image, the image of Christ, Christ is love. Our love has to be so great. Because the most greatest thing is love. Not just words, because they're empty. But action. Show me you love me. Love me don't come just from Erios or Filios or... Savine, come on. Love come from agape. Come within. Come on. So David understood that the crucifixion of himself had to take place. He could not do this himself. Why? Because he knew that he had to deny himself. He couldn't get it right. See, God 
will not empower us spiritually until we first go through our own crucifixion of denying and dying to ourselves. We have to die out to our old ways. He said we are a new man, new creature, meaning that we don't do the things that we did before when we was young and now we're old. Come on, we don't do those things now we say we are saved. We don't do those things. We, we know better. When we know that if we touch the hot stove, our hands is going to be burned. But we touch it anyway. And we keep touching it. You know, matter of fact, our hands is so burnt that we barely can see the natural skin that was first given to us in creation. Because of us continue to touch things that we're not supposed to touch. We, we must die out to ourselves. Why? Because we can live so that God can perfectly break down some hidden pride. Yes. A lot of us have hidden pride in us. What is pride? Pride is when you're so puffed up that nothing can get in. You're right. You're never wrong. It's all about what you say and think. Pride is it's me and only me. And only what I say goes. Pride is holding your nose so high. It's like your ego. You have edged God out. When I look at the word ego, I told you I'm a woman of synonyms. Edged God out. You have etched him out, meaning you have pushed him out. You have called him and said, I don't need you. I've gotten my ordination. I've become the apostle. I've become the bishop. I've become the evangelist and the prophet. Come on. I've become. I don't need you. I'm operating in my own anointing. That's what most of us have said because we don't do things the way that God wants us to do things. The way the vision, the vision that God has given us in the beginning have changed. The church have changed. Not just the building, but we, the church, have changed. We no longer stand for truth. We are compromising just to be loved, just to be known, just to be accepted. Just to be part of whatever click, however you want to group elites. Just to be a part. Be a part of Jesus. Be a part of the truth. Because the truth will set you free. And the generation that has come, they need to hear truth. The leaders that have come, they need to hear truth. They need divine wisdom, divine counsel, divine might, understanding, knowledge, and revelation, and the fear of the Lord. They don't need pride. They don't need arrogance. They don't need lying and stealing and puffed upness. They don't need those things because they are our new generation. They're going to bring change. They're going to bring deliverance. They're going to move mountains. But how 
can they stand behind a rock of lies? How can they stand behind a rock of corruption? How can they stand behind a rock of so many things out of the will of God? No, they need to stand behind a rock of truth. Amen. The Bible, which is God's word, give us God's redeeming already done through his death, burial, resurrection, which has made Jesus Christ alive again. So we need to take time out to read, study, meditate on the word of God daily. Why? It's important because it is our divine power and source to God so that our minds can be illuminated, our eyes can be enlightened, and we can be prepared and our hearts can be open to be grafted to Christ Jesus. Amen. See, the Bible reminds us that Hallelujah. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. So if you can carry your cross, then you can take your crown. But you can't carry your own cross. Amen. How can a young man or a young woman cleanse her ways? By taking heed according to your word. Meaning that according to who word? God's word. We only can carry the cross through God's word. We can't carry the cross and take the crown of our own through our own books, through our own word, through our own ideology, through our own psychology, through our own wisdom. It's only by God himself, his divine word, is when we can take up our cross because he gives the crown of life. The crown of life comes when we take up the word of God. The word of God, which is powerful, that cut like a two-edged sword in the most inward parts to what? To, to depart and to take out everything that's not like God. So that allows us to what? Sanctify us. The word of God sanctifies us in truth. It sets us apart for his purposes. It makes us holy because his word is truth. So we too should make sure our priority should always be in the secret place. The secret place in God's word, which brings us into a place of prayer. Brings us into a place of intimacy with God, which brings us into the word of God, which revealed God himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So he was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So in him was life and the life was the light of men. So simply without intimacy with God, he has no light. You have no light. And you won't be able to find the secret place or create the secret place by faith, amen, to abide. Because faith is there without works. The work is this. You have to create your own sanctuary in your own secret place by building relationship and intimacy with God. Calling on him, meditating on his word day and night. That is what create and build your sanctuary, your secret place. The secret place brings us into an intimacy with and in God because we will be led by the spirit of God through his word. Okay, let me help you. First Thessalonians 5 and 17. 
to pray without ceasing and to send over to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything, it didn't say some things, it didn't say no things, but it says, but in everything, but means every, look, put a period right there, but, put a comma, put a bookmark right there, but, in everything by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which is all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now we can begin to go from the outer courts, which is reformation and repentance, into the inner courts, which brings us into praise and thanksgiving into a holy place which denies self and brings a cleansing into the holies of holies which brings us to the fear and the reverence of God. I, hallelujah, hallelujah. Remember Martin Luther King said, prayer is the pouring out of the soul to God. But God said in his word in Psalms 91 and 11, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So God will surely hide us and protect us when we have an intimate relationship with Him. This means we have to do our part by trusting in His Word and know He shall help us in the time of trouble. We can't be double-minded. Uh-uh. And trending the waters, either we are abiding and hiding in the secret place or we're not. God sees all. He's omnipotent, omniscient, and omniscient. All-knowing, all-seeing, and all-hearing. Amen. So, God knows. So, don't be double-minded. Don't trend the waters. Amen. But abide and hide in the secret place. Create your sanctuary with intimacy in God, not people. When we are all in, that means that even when the waters are troubled, even when the trouble comes, even when they begin to lie and say all oh, so many things against you, amen, it will not work. We plead the blood of Jesus over this call in the mighty name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. Because we're in the secret place. We are all in. That means that when the waters are troubled, that means that when they come with another Jesus, when they come with a lie, it will not work. When they come with their own ideology, and they come with their own Buddha, or whatever, psych, whatever they come with, it will not work. Why? Because we understand the name of Jesus. We understand the blood of Jesus. We understand that all things work through him. We understand that even when the waters are troubled, we still remain in him. We still abide in him. El Shaddai, he's God Almighty. He fights for us. He's our strong tower. He prevails over those that tries to prevail over us. No matter if people try to come against us, death try to rise up against us. We come into any loss or any situation. Sickness try to come and take us out. Bills try to come and overtake us. Excuse me, what? Nothing can stop. Why? Because we stand on his word, which is God himself. He fight for us. We declare Psalms 31 and 20. Amen. God is hiding us in that secret place 
of his presence from every conspiracy of man, from every media, from every witch, from every warlock, from whatever demonic force that tries to come and hinder the word of God. He will continue to keep us in his secret place, in the shelter from every strife of every tongue. Meaning nothing can tear down us. Nothing can come and tell us and preach another Jesus or preach another God. Nothing can come against our character, our integrity, our name. Only because the Son of God, because God has hid us in the secret place. Through Him and reverencing Him 24-7, we have built an intimacy and we will not cease. What secret place have you entered into God alone? I'm glad you asked. Because the secret place is a place where we hide. We hide out to meet God. No, we ain't hiding from the devil because the devil, you already been defeated. But we hide to seek God, to hear his word, to get direction, to know our next, to know our tomorrow, to know what, when, why, how, who, and where. Hallelujah. That's why we go hide and meet God in the secret place because his word Hallelujah. Promise us in Psalms 119 and 114. You are my hiding place, my shield. I wait for your word. Wow, what a promise, right? Hiding in the secret place allows us to I'm, I'm, to know that we have reverenced him. That he has shown his love to us. We have surrendered ourselves to God and to his will. The secret place is our hiding place, which is a prayer, which includes God. It don't just include people or include money and power and prestige in ourselves and our flesh and our mess. But it includes and surrounds God in and out and all around it. It surrounds us with God. Amen. The secret place is an intimate and quiet secluded place free from the noise and destructions of everyday life and people and self. That's why even from yourself. Prayer should never be taken out of our plan, agenda, or vision. Why? Because prayer is what we contemplate us into receiving what we are working towards and hoping to achieve in God. All of this is for God's glory. Everything that we do is for God's glory. Let me help somebody. Just because people say, I'm going to a secret place of prayer means God is there. It's not always that case. Because just because they go into that secret place don't always mean that God is there. See, it's your intimacy with God that determines if Jehovah, Jesus Christ, is there. It's about our intimacy with God. It's about relationship with God. It's about dying out to ourselves and being with God. See, God is not impressed by telling everybody where we're going. We're going to prayer. We're going to fast. We're fasting for 40 days, 100 days, a million days. He don't care about that. Because fasting is in the closet with you and God. You don't care about that. Why? Because I told you that our words are empty. It's action. Faith is dead without works. You got to work your faith. So work your words. Say what you say. Do what you say. Mean what you say. Just because you tell everybody, hey, I'm going into a secret place. See, a, a secret place is just not. It's just that. No one needs to know where, what, when, how, who, and what to affect you when you say you're going into a secret place. See, when you say that you're going into a secret place, that means that you're going into a place and nobody know, don't need to know where you're going or what you're doing. I'm talking about this secret place we always say we're going in. See, the secret place is a, is a, place, of, um, a place of intimacy. It's an intimate and spiritual place where we can dwell in God's presence. We can dwell in the bosom of God away from people.
on life noise and just so much stuff that we face every day you know when Jesus went to the mountain to pray he had to remove himself from humanity from all the things the teachings and all the things that begin to just become noisy because he had to stay focused his focus hallelujah was to get to the cross no longer is there a cross because he have died his death his burial his resurrection he lives but we need to make sure that even as we're in that secret place that we dwell in God's bosom away from the noise away from the world away from everything because we're divinely tuned in into God that's where we meet him alone face to face his glorious presence is right there I'm talking about the secret place not the secret services uh, but the place where all services are performed healing deliverance breakthroughs my god my god re makeovers reformation hallelujah all this take place in the secret place because we are intimate with god we're initiating through the kings of kings and the lords of lords what cost can we associate with our prayer life or should i rather say how can we discipline how can we discipline our time and our lifestyle to make prayer our priority let me help someone here. It will cost us much more if we don't make prayer our priority above everything in life. It can cost us our life. It can cost us our children's life. It can cost us our marriage. It can cost us our ministry. It can cost us everything. Second Chronicles, Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name, not apostles' name, I'm not your Christ. I'm not your God. I'm just an apostle doing the work, operating in the gift. I've been affirmed to do his work. Amen. But in my name, to humble themselves and pray and seek my face. This is a command. I told you that intimacy comes with a command of obedience, of doing the will of God. He said, if my people who are called by my name. So this shall let you know those who are really called by the name of Jesus. Just because people say they're Christians and they're in the church Monday through Sunday and been in church 50 years don't mean that they're God's people. You're able to know God's people by their humility, by their prayers. By how they see the face of God. How their love is. Not in wickedness. How they attend their ears to heaven. How they forgive those that have despitefully used them. Those that have betrayed them. Those that have spoke ill words against them. Those that have done things that almost took them. Forgiveness. Ha. That right there is a word. My God. See God has not only mandated prayer to be our vehicle or supernatural change. But he has chosen us to be part of his plan. And also to enjoy the blessings. Because when we begin to what? Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek his face. Turn from our wicked ways. Now God's ears are attentive to our prayers. God is now listening. He's forgiving our sins. 
the sin of our fathers, our forefathers, our children. He's healing our land. He's not just healing the physical land, but he's healing our spiritual land, our economical land, our relational land, our social land, our marital land. Come on, our financial land. Come on, our governmental land, our, our school system land. All of the lands that you can think of, he's healing them. But it is because we are obedient to his word. We have surrendered all to him. See, representation, being an ambassador of Christ means representing someone in their absence the same way they will represent themselves. So ask yourself, how did Jesus walk to the cross when they did everything against him? How did he make it to the cross when they beat him? What did he do? How did he make it to the cross when they spit on him? What did he do? How did he make it to the cross when they even sent him to the cross when they lied on him? What did he do? He went and hung on the cross. He didn't defend himself. He didn't fight. Oh my God. Simply, we are ambassadors of Christ. His representatives of earth in earth. We must mirror his image as himself. Meaning that we must forgive. We must love. We must walk in unity. Come on churches to build these leaders. We're so far apart. One ministry is to the left. Another ministry to the right. Another ministry in the front. Another ministry in the back. Well we all need to be in the middle. Doing one cause. Under one God, our Lord Jesus Christ. The fivefold should work together. But no, my name needs to be on this building. My name needs to be called in front of this people. It's not your people. And it's not your name. But it's the name of Jesus. Come together, leaders. Come together, body of Christ. Let's do the work of the ministry in unity. It says to do the work of the ministry. In unity, not apart in disunity. No matter if we're American, African, Chinese, Spanish, long as we all under the same name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, why can't we work together? Because there is one people that is missing it, and that is those that are unsaved, those that are walking in disobedience. That one day, one day, when Jesus come, maybe they won't receive a crown of life. But as we, as the body of Christ, leader to leader, toe to toe, come together in the name of Jesus and fight for one cause, one God, and one unity in Jesus Christ. Maybe that soul can be saved and the crown of life can be theirs. But until we arise, until we take out our own ambitions, our own self, whatever, our own pride, our own power, our own prestige, and how we think we should do it. No, do it the way the Bible say do it. If we stick to the Bible, then guess what? We'll be in unity. If we stick to the Bible, then there will be truth. If we stick to the Bible, there won't be no compromise. There's too much compromise in the church. Nobody want to speak the truth. 
And when you speak the truth, your church is empty. But that's okay. Because there's a people that are listening afar from the north, the east, the south, and the west that receive truth. And one day, one day, they will run back for truth. But I pray that it don't be too late. That your crown will still be awaiting for you. So if you cannot speak truth, you're in the wrong field. Why did you get in ministry? Why did you come on the other side? God knows your heart. God knows what you're about. Why would you contaminate somebody else with lies? Why would you contaminate somebody else with dishonesty? To tear down their character, their integrity. Who they are trying to become. Just to benefit your belly. Benefit your God. Not our Lord Jesus Christ, but your God, the devil. So you're able to know them by their humility. You're able to know them how they pray and seek the face of God. Not just saying, I'm fasting for 21 days. Anybody can say they're fasting. Anybody can say anything. But it's your lifestyle. It is your love. Let somebody strike you wrong. You're able to see them. You're able to hear them. Now, you will speak truth. It's nothing wrong with speaking truth. It's nothing wrong telling the person that they're wrong. It's nothing wrong bringing right and wrong. We don't bring right and wrong. We, we, we always tell people they're right. But when they're wrong, we can never stand up and tell them they're wrong. Because we're afraid of losing members. We're afraid of losing friends. We're afraid of losing maybe our financial service. We're afraid of losing our children. Nowadays, we're not even parents to our children because we don't even tell them the truth. We want to still be their friend. Friend? Ah, I'm your friend anyway. But at the end of the day, right is right. And wrong is wrong. And as a mother, I have to tell you when you're wrong. But I tell you in love and in correction because that is my job. And if I don't do that, then God is coming after me. Parents, you can't always be your friend to your child. You have to speak truth. You have to discipline them when they're wrong. Now, there's a way that we do it. There's a way that we say it. And there's a way we respond. But we have to give truth. I love my children. Yes, I do. But right is right. Wrong is wrong. I must hold them to the standards of God's word. I'm not saying that I'm going to be so spiritually and no earthly good. No. I'm going to give them what God say, but I'm going to still love them. Because they're old enough to know right from wrong. But blood is on my hand. If I don't tell them, that's wrong. And that's why most of us parents is going through what we're going through is because we don't want to correct our children or discipline our children because of society, because of the system, because of... No, we have to be able to dis discipline our children through words of prayers and declarations and also discipline the word of truth to them. Because they were formed in the inward parts. In the inward parts of our womb. So that's why we're going to praise God. 
Because we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have the authority and the right to speak truth. We have the authority and the right to tell them that they're wrong. The reason why a lot of things are happening, not because of the society itself, is because some of us. Things that we have said out of ignorance. Come on, let me help you. I remember when my children were young, not being so sound in the word. I would say because of different situations that me and their fathers went through, I would say you acted just like your father. Even though his father, they one father wasn't acting right, but who am I to put their father in hell? Who am I to, to, to come against their father, even though it wasn't right? But for me to put that curse on my child and to say those negative things that at the time their father was going to, which they were ignorant of what they were doing. But because I was ignorant, not knowing that how powerful my words was, didn't realize that I was speaking it into existence. Come on. I should have rather said, come on, I'm going to make sure that you will grow to know the right things in God. The truth. You will be great. You would do great exploits. You would do what God has called you to do. And I come against any trouble that would try to come your way. Those should have been my words. But because of ignorance. But I'm here to give you truth now, y'all. Because now I know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Quit telling your child they're going to grow up and be like their mama or their daddy. Their daddy or mother may have done some, something out of ignorance. Maybe they knew what they were doing okay, but who are we to put them in hell? They have to answer to God. But don't say that to your child. Let them know what you're doing is not right. What you're doing will get you, you know, in a place where you don't want to go. But I want to make sure that you don't ever get to that place. Because I see that you're going to great places. That God is going to use you in many ways of greatness. Begin to speak life's positivity into their life. Amen. And parents, I know you may be a little upset. But mothers, let me tell you. I know sometimes the situation is okay. Let God weigh it out. But if a father wants to see their child, let them see their child. We can't teach a man how to be a man. Fathers, if a mother needs to see their child, you can't teach a child how to be a woman. Whatever the situation may be, only God knows. I can't sit here and counsel you right now. But I'm here to tell you, let them be in their life. Because one day, one day, they may need to know that advice, what a mother would do. They may need to know that advice, what a father would do. And if they never had one or the other in their life, they may can make the wrong choice because they never knew what a woman should do. They maybe never knew what a man should do. Hallelujah. I'm just giving you truth. Because we need truth. We need to understand that we are representatives of Christ. We represent God. We are ambassadors of Christ. What we wear is of Christ. We say we in God, but look at what we're wearing. You know, every day. You know, I know you say don't take all of that, but you don't know when.
servant. You've done your part. I'm taking you. And they didn't make it. So you don't know your last thing. You don't even know. But when you got an opportunity to get up and dress up, dress up for the kings of kings. Because you don't know. He just may show up. Not just dress up in your outerwear. But dress up in your heart. Make your heart right. A heart of agape. A heart of love. A heart of kindness. A heart of hope. And dependency. And relationships. Build positive relationships. Show agape love. Love like never before. Tell somebody you love them. Hug somebody. Most of us don't know how to hug. When you go to hug somebody, you can feel they push off fish. Not because they don't like you, but they never knew what love was. So when a true, genuine hug come, you can feel the resistance. Not because of you, but because they never had that agape. So hug somebody today. Tell somebody you love them. Tell somebody a kind word today. Tell them they look nice. Tell them God is going to be alright. It's always good to say something kind. Because you don't know what that person is going through. That's what Jesus will do. That's representing Jesus. Our words of kindness. That's a fruit of the spirit. It says kindness. Love. Joy. Be joyful. Say joyful. Be joyful. Because when you have joy... It shows Jesus on you. I told you I'm a woman of anonyms and synonyms. J-O-Y. Jesus on you. When you see people that's always mad, Jesus ain't nowhere around. But all when you see is joy, you know Jesus is on you. Amen? So how we represent ourselves as ambassadors of Christ is very important. What we say out of this mouth. How we sing. What we preach. What we teach. Is all representing God. We mirror God. His fruit shall be relevant in our life when people see us coming. They should say, here comes joy. Oh, here comes some love. Here comes some peace. Here comes some patience. Do people say it about you when you come? Do people say, oh, here comes some peace. Here comes some patience. Here comes some love. Here comes some kindness. Oh, here comes some long suffering. She suffered long, y'all. Hallelujah. Are they saying that about you? Are they saying, here come the fruits of God? The love of God is not a word or simple what someone says to us in an exciting moment. You know, people can say all type of things when things are going good. But test them when things are going wrong. How are their words coming out? Are they still nice, exciting? See, love is an action which is expressed through sometimes the most unbearable moments of forgiveness or letting go of something someone did to us repeatedly. It ain't easy. I have somebody that have constantly, you know, done things. And the more that I try to say, God, I'm not dealing with them. God keeps saying, I'm using you to mentor them. Ah, are you sure? God, when does it stop? When I say it stops, you are my ambassador. You don't have you don't get the you don't get the right to tell me 
when it's over. You work for me. Remember you said you do four times ministry for me. So that means that it's 24 sevens, darling. So that means that if I tell you to accept them back again and mentor them again, are you going to listen to your employer? Or is you going to disobey me? Come on, y'all. That right there is a word, leaders. I know you say I ain't dealing with them. You send them to the deacons. You send them to somebody else. When God said, no, I've sent them to you. You can't send them to your deacon. You can't send them to the social pastor. I sent them to you. For you to mentor them. Because it's the same mentorship that I mentored you. So when you gave your life to me. You vowed to me and said, yes, Lord. See, you didn't know exactly what you said yes to. You just said, yes, Lord. See, because you said, yes, Lord, that means that I can try you. That means that now that you have said, yes, Lord, that means that now I get to test you. I'm testing you. I'm testing you. This is the test and trial, hallelujah, that I'm giving to you, hallelujah. So you don't have the right to tell me you're not mentoring them no more. And I said, okay, God, I said, it ain't easy. Do you see what they're doing to me? Yes. But I got you. Because they, at the end, will be great if you don't give up on them. But only if God has sent you to mentor them. That's the difference. You don't go out and just mentor people yourself. Because they will weigh you down. Only God. Because love is an action. Amen. So people can do things over and over To hurt us. But when we think of Jesus' love for us. Dying for us. When we have sinned over and over again. What an immeasurable love Gene Jesus has for us. That's the same love Gene that we must have for others. Doesn't it hurt when it's your own family? See, friends and people you don't know. You don't know them. But when it's your own flesh and blood. Can you still mentor them? Only by the grace of God you can. You can't. It's only by God's grace you can. Because he will give you the strength to do it. Because you will say, I ain't doing it. I ain't being bothered with family. You know, come on, y'all. We say that. I'm not being bothered with them. I'm not going around them no more. I'm not dealing with them. I'm definitely not going to the special, to the family hours. It's over. You may be the only beacon of light in that family. You may be that only beacon of light. Because we are called by his name. Meaning that we're sons of God. We're kingdom people. Who is tied into an inheritance. We can withdraw from it any time. As long as we are abiding in Christ. In the secret place. Intimately. intimately, uh, Intimately. Constantly. And devoting ourselves. 
to him in relationship through prayer, being watchful, being thankful, being grateful because we love him. Because Father, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, is big enough and mighty enough to act on all of our behalf. So we don't have to fight over him because he's in all of us. We must remember God's promises when we're in our secret place. God is waiting for us to divinely connect with us intimately so he can change us as we die out to ourselves. He can change our situations, but most of all, he can change our life. Because when we are connected with God intimately, he can change our minds. He can change our hearts. He can change everything about us to be more and more like him. Why? Because he's God. We must stay connected to the grapevine, which gives us access to bear fruit. Because we are connected to the only power source that produced and illuminate everything. Hallelujah. And created everything in earth. God is the creator of all things. So we don't need to have the product of prayer. We are the product of prayer. Because God sees in the secret place. He rewards openly. So we must believe by faith that there is always a product of every second, many, hour, day, month, year. Why? I'm glad you asked once again. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. God will answer. As soon as we call God, he will hear us. While we are speaking. He will answer us because we're in his word. And his word reminds us in Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Jesus replied to them, I assure you most solely say to you, if you have faith, meaning personal trust and confidence in me, and do not doubt or allow yourself to be drawn into two directions, meaning double-minded, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but it will even say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. It will happen. If God wills it, and whatever you ask for in prayer, believe me, you will receive it. Now, wait a minute. Let's turn to the next level of prayer. Our faith, which drives us. Prayer and force speed forward. Now, faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. For the evidence, meaning the reality of things, what? Not seen. So, to understand prayer and faith, we should first know that what faith is and where it comes from. And the Bible says now faith, meaning not tomorrow, not next year, not yesterday, but now the reality. Things that are not seen, but we know when we ask in his name. So faith is spiritually a spiritual substance that causes the things that we hope for to what come to reality. So when we're sick, we don't call for healing. We say good health because by his stripes we're what already healed. Come on now. Faith is more um, simpler. Hallelujah. So we have faith, the thing that we're hoping for. So what is faith? I'm glad you asked. We'll learn that next week. The prayer of faith. Amen. Because faith drives our prayers into full speed forward. So what is now faith? Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. Hallelujah. So next week we're going to finish 
We got some good stuff, y'all. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us through these great teachings. Amen. And I just believe that we're right there. So even after we have hung up on this call, we have started our day this morning. I believe that our faith is driving us right now. So whatever we're needing is coming into full speed forward. Amen. And things are going to happen in our life. So we thank God for you. We thank God for you joining us. We thank God for you on today. And I know for sure that even as we go into the rest of this week, I know for sure that the Lord God is with us. And hallelujah. As we meditate upon his word. Amen. I know the king of Kabad, which is his heavy and weighty glory, shall be upon us as we arise and shine. And we know the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Amen. So we thank God for who he is. Amen. We thank God that he has revived us. He has allowed us to rejoice. Amen. And we thank God for him allowing us to know his mysteries through his word, his revelation through his word, his wisdom through his word. And I'm telling you, he is such a God, hallelujah, that continues to allow us to get full on his heavenly bread. Because today we really, really touch in on the personalities of heavenly bread. Amen. We talked about God, him, our Lord Jesus Christ as a person. Amen and not a system, his power, and also the promises that he has given unto us, hallelujah, through prayers, declarations, thanksgiving, hallelujah, and by faith, amen. So in next week, I gladly um, ask you to join us to finish out, hallelujah, the last of this, because we are closing out, hallelujah. We welcome everybody, SOAR International Outreach Network, I am Lady Apostle. Again, we thank you for joining us. Join us again by God's grace every Sunday, 8.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. Join us for Monday prayer. We're praying for leadership. Amen. Every Monday, get into your secret place, your sanctuary, and begin to pray 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're praying for leadership all over the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Call out not only your leader name, but call out every leader, fivefold ministry, hallelujah, that's doing the work of God, praying on their behalf, the ministries that God have entrusted them with for the people of God. Amen. So we thank God. Hallelujah for you. Amen. And then Tuesdays and Wednesdays, if you need counseling, we're on the line 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can call in 513-849-3769. That's 513-849-3769. Tuesday and Wednesday, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 15-minute counseling sessions, whatever you may need counseling on ministry, family, marriage, finances, time management, anger management, come on, anxiety, depression, come on now, God has brought us here, amen, we also have 
also a uh, couple licensed um, counselors, spiritual counselors, hallelujah, mental and spiritual counselors, amen, that are licensed, amen, as well as um, also certified counselors dealing with alcohol and dependency, amen, myself, amen, so please, everything is confidential, amen, and then if you need to come in on a um, live session, uh, we can set an appointment for you to come into the church, amen, we're located here in USA, hallelujah, Fairfield, Ohio, you can go to our Facebook page, SOAR International Network, amen, we're also um, on every podcast that you can think of, amen, Apple, um, Deezer, hallelujah, Podbean, which you're on now, and we're reaching out to so many different countries, I believe we had about 289 countries all over the world, so people are listening in all over the world, and I know that the Lord God is touching them through His great teachings. Amen. On Thursdays we have our biblical studies. Amen. 6.30 um, p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 7.30 Eastern Standard Time every Thursday. Biblical studies. Amen. And then on Fridays is our mountaintop. Amen. Midnight prayer. Amen. 9 p.m. Amen. Hallelujah. We're praying just whatever the Lord give us to pray, which usually be dealing in ministries and families. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Every third Thursday, excuse me, every third Friday, we're out at the Outreach Surf City cooking for the underserved. And then every last Saturday of the month, we start our evangelism out on the streets. Amen. So we're going God broadcast. It's called God broadcast. And we're going out in the morning preaching the gospel wherever the Lord sent us. Amen. Those that would like to join us just to go out with us. Amen. Please also give us a call. 513-494-6678. 513-494-6678. We are in person, in service. Anytime you'd like to join us, please come. 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. God bless you. May God keep you in Jesus' name. And for those that have heard of Jesus but just haven't accepted him as their Lord and Savior, this is the time to accept your Lord and Savior. Open up your mouth wide. All you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died for you, that he has forgiven your sins. Forgive yourself, forgive others, and ask the Lord God to receive you in his name, the name of Jesus. And I pray that the Lord God divinely connect you with a divine in relations with a ministry and those that God will entrust to look over you with you, letting you study his word, getting deep in his word. And I pray that the Holy Spirit comes upon you as you open up your mouth wide to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. May his power and authority be invested in you and receiving of other tongues. Amen. In Jesus' name. And that the Lord God will also allow you to receive your water baptism in the ministry that he may place you in. So we thank God for your life that you have been saved if you have accepted him now in Jesus' name. So we give God the glory. We give God the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And I do want to... Um, Say this because I think it's very important, amen, hallelujah, because you know, the Lord God also operate in marketplace ministry. Jesus, hallelujah, was a carpenter, amen, yes he was, but his main ministry was, hallelujah, ministry, hallelujah, 
amen, which is my main ministry, four-time ministry. But I do want to say the Lord has given me such a great anointing when it comes to business. Hallelujah. And I know those, may God have given you a business or given you the ability to start a business, maybe even the ministry and maybe even a nonprofit or whatever the case may be. You don't know how to get started. You don't know what the ins and outs are. But guess what? I am not only just Apostle Robin here at Sword National Outreach Ministry, but in the marketplace, the Lord has anointed me as a business consultant as well. Hallelujah. Been doing it over 20 something years. A licensed realtor over 20 something years before I got into real estate. I used to be a foreclosure specialist where I was in the process of taking homes. Now I am helping people get homes. Amen. God will always turn it around for his good. Hallelujah. Amen. As the Lord have granted me to become so much more and also by trade a licensed cosmetology managing cosmetologist that has a boutique and salon as well. Amen. And it was all by the grace of God. Amen. That he have allowed these things to come forth. Amen. For four-time ministry. Amen. And to produce jobs and help other individuals. Hallelujah. So I do have that ability to help you start your business, to help you start your ministry. Amen. And it's not a very expensive fee. It is a fee, amen, that um, the company charges to get you started. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're interested or need that help, you can always find me on Facebook. You can just look up uh, our servant as servant or um, R&B Consultant Services. Hallelujah. Or you can call 513. Hallelujah. 494 6880. That's 4913 494 6880. Amen. Or you can email me rb rb services at gmail.com and I'll be able to help you. And, and you know, and it's good because a lot of times, you know, when people come in, they, they know I'm apostle and they know I'm a pastor and I, I'm an intercessor and I'm a teacher. But then when they begin to get into other things after we done prayed and after we done went through deliverance and we done went through all the all, they say, well, now I need to do this and do that. And then I say, well, I can help you do that. They say, apostle, I didn't know you did that because when I came into the kingdom of God, I didn't come in saying what I did and who I was. I came in doing the work of the ministry. And God, he will make rooms for your gifts and your talents. And I believe that. This is a time that we have to let people know what we do, to let them know that sometimes it's right in the house. It's right there in the house where you are. Amen. So I just thank God for that anointing. I thank God for having that integrity, that ethical, professional character as a business consultant as well, because you can do all those things, but without character and integrity. Trust and honesty is, is nothing. So I thank God that he continued to allow those things to be in me. Hallelujah. It's not about money, but it's about having integrity, amen, and truth. So I just thank God. So I wanted to let you all know that that is there. Hallelujah. So you may want to start up a salon. You may want to start up a business, a nonprofit, 501c3 ministry. Then you may even need a building. You may even need to buy something. Amen. A boat, a commercial building, real estate, whatever. Guess what? 
I'm your girl, hallelujah. God bless you. And God keep you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for this word. Touch your people wherever they're going. Make sure that they get their safe in Jesus' name. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Everybody have a great evening. Be safe and show love like never before in Jesus' name. Amen and glory to God. Have a blessed day. Amen.